Welcome to Culture Crux. This is James Runcorn, your host, and today's special guest is actually producer Gary. <laughs> Hi. Hi, James. Hey, Gary. So Gary typically sits behind the glass and listens in on the conversations and handles any editing, and uh, we've, we've talked about the show um, off mic, uh, talking about yes. you know future programs and, and how it's shaping up and all that kind of stuff. Um, but first of all, some exciting news. This morning in studio, we had a baptism, and that was pretty cool. <laughs> Um, I brought, uh, I brought Gary, his, uh, famous vanilla cinnamon dulce latte and somehow my clumsy fingers knocked the lid off and I, I baptized a seat. Yeah, you sure did. Yeah. And it, that's okay. Is it? It needed to be baptized. It's, it's like infant baptism. If, if it, yeah, the chair exactly. didn't choose, if the chair didn't choose, was it really baptized? I, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that's a good point. <laughs> so, um, Today, the reason we didn't have a guest in studio um, specifically to share their story is we thought it might be a good idea to get into some of the fine details as to why we're even doing this podcast. Um, when I first pitched the idea to Gary, um, how, did, how did it come across? I'm not going to put you on the spot and interview you too much, but I'm just curious. I mean, what, what were your initial thoughts about doing a show of this nature? Well, it's, uh, a lot of my uh, thoughts on it were excitement. Like I, I felt like it was important and necessary, um, to interview people of different faiths and different levels of faith. Um, and so I was excited. I, I, I thought it was, um, going to be a, a, you know, a well, um, uh, what do you call it? And I'm going to edit this out, but a well, um, what's the word? Like as as far as podcasts go, I just thought it was going to be well listened to. You know, there's you know from our experience, you know, we've had listeners who have prayed for those being interviewed, right? And I, it's really effective. I and I'm I'm excited for the continual um, production of this of this podcast. Yeah, and I like what you said, different levels of faith. I think it would be really great at some point to have a brand new believer in here, someone who Absolutely. just made a decision. What brought you to that point? And yeah. Because a lot of times they're the ones who are on fire for the gospel. That's right. And we've seen, it's not always the case, but a lot of times uh, very seasoned and um, overly mature believers are the ones who will kind of quench that fire. Like, calm down, you know, relax. Just, <laughs> that's true. And that's kind of sad. I'd also love to have someone who's been in their faith almost their entire life. And I'm talking like six, seven decades mm -hmm. just to hear where they're at and how they're engaging with people, if at all. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. The engaging of people. I like that. Yeah. So the title, Culture Crux. Mm -hmm. uh, someone asked me if it was a play on words. I don't know the play on words exactly, but what do you think? Yeah, no, I I don't I don't think so. Okay. It doesn't come across that way to you? No. Not at all. Well, the main overall purpose of the show that I wrote down when I was writing the initial pitch up is to equip the body of Christ to engage the world with the gospel message through relational understanding and compassion. And then uh, I always like to jump to the dictionary to make sure we're all on the same page when we have a definition. And so the definition of culture, according to Merriam-Webster, is customary beliefs, social forms, and material traits of a racial, religious, or social group. So no matter where you live, 
if it's in Firth, Idaho, or uh, Manhattan, New York, or an island, or out in the mountains somewhere, there is a culture where you live. And, yeah. you know, I, I have some, uh, some friends in LA who run the Hollywood Prayer Network, and they wrote a book called How to Talk About Jesus Without Freaking Out. And they do this great presentation of when they had gone to Africa, there's this enormous tree probably a hundred feet wide at least, and it provides massive shade and that's the local watering hole. So that's where the community in that area goes to gather. And that's where you learn the culture of the community under that tree. Wow. And so missionaries to learn that particular culture in that area would go hang out under that tree to learn the language, Uh the the nuances of the language, uh, social norms before they could engage them with the gospel. So that is really cool. Yeah. But then they do this thing, uh, in LA at least, they've done this, this part of it. They show a picture of a, a coffee shop or Starbucks or whatever, and they say, this is your local watering hole. You know, <laughs> are you okay. going to go engage with culture there? Uh-huh. And, you know, if there's no coffee shop near you, look around and see where people gather. Look, look and see where, where you can engage in conversations with people. If you don't have a place like that, you do interact with people. Mm-hmm. You know, if it's not the grocery store clerk, if it's not your waiter or waitress at a restaurant, it's your next door neighbor or it's the mailman or it's the tech support help your per- person you're calling online. Right, right. No, I, I like that too, because that's, that's going, that's community that, you know, we've talked about and that's the culture crux of going to the people, Yeah, you know, and in this situation, I mean, the people are coming to the studio, right? but you, what, something I've, I've recognized is you have a relationship with each one of, of these guests and they've been very open and very honest, you know, in, in their thoughts and, and things like that. But I, I love that because you, you are going to your guests. They feel comfortable. They feel that they're able to share. And, and, and that's been really, really impressive on Culture Crux. But it's not something that's unique to me. Any, any person listening can do that. Sure. And that's one of the hopes is that by giving you a slice of the conversations I'm having with different people, maybe you'll glean some, uh, some tools to use on your own. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want to tell you, if, if you've ever questioned, well, you know, he's not shoving the Bible down their throat. He's not just screaming the gospel at them. You have to understand, I'm, I'm trying my best to live the gospel. I have that hope uh, 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 that's only anchored in Christ Jesus. I absolutely have that hope. But that's the reason I want to engage with people. Um, the other thing is the word crux. Merriam-Webster defines crux as a puzzling or difficult problem or an unsolved question, an essential point requiring resolution or resolving an outcome. And the main problem with humanity is scripture says all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So no matter what culture you are engaged in, whether it's a massive city or some country, remote area out out in the country or in the desert or, or whatever, there's a culture there, and the crux is, the problem that needs to be resolved is, there are people around you, every single one you come in contact with, who is a sinful, fallen uh, human made in the image of God. Mm-hmm. And the crux is they need to be redeemed. That's the problem that needs to be resolved. 
so I had been a part of, oh, I think it, a couple churches, excuse me, where they they wanted to know how many people you had brought to the Lord. And that's a rough question for me personally, because I'd never been, I like to call it the closer. You know, it's kind of like if you've ever been to a timeshare presentation, right? And they send you to different stages, mm-hmm. you know, and you get to that last guy you already got your free tickets for the buffet dinner or whatever, right? <laughs> yeah. You know, but then this guy sits in front of you and he's giving you the hard sell. He's giving you the, the closing pitch. He's like, all I got to have you do is sign this line, you know, and then we'll take your money every month. But right. you know, whatever it is, he's the closer and he's got to close the deal because he works on commission, mm-hmm. right? But that's, that's not the way Jesus taught us to engage the culture around us. He wasn't the, cl- he was the kingdom of God. Yes. Personified. Yeah but he didn't close the deal as it were. He just simply went and his nature showed through the way he spoke, the way he touched people, the way he healed. And if we can embody the, the, uh, the ministry of Jesus, the kingdom of God in our DNA, so our thought life, our words, our actions are all true to that. Mm-hmm. As we've heard from several of our guests, hypocrisy was one of the key elements that shattered their foundation of faith. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying they were in, in a uh, correct relationship with God in their upbringing or in, in the religious system they were in, but it was hypocrisy that cracked that foundation regardless of how weak the foundation was. The foundation has to be built in Christ Jesus. That's the only solid and true foundation. But we have to be very careful. That's why I want to share people's stories because everyone has a backstory. Everyone has a history. And... Even in the Christian church, we have hypocrisy running rampant in, in leaders and people who call themselves Christian. That's a conversation I've had with my boys at home. I've said, hey, guys, because I've only been in ministry about six years. And I've said to them, I don't want you to see a different person in front of the congregation when I'm praying or preaching or, or whatever than you do at home. That's something I really wrestle with. I, I don't know. What's that like for you, Gary, on the home front? With your with your wife, yeah. Well, no, I I and I I think you're exactly right, James. Um, that I think when we when we portray ourselves to be really anything different um, than than what we actually are, because I, who we are, of course, is based off of experience. And when 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 we take that experience and we we don't really include God in it, then it, it it's going to affect our our lives differently. Um, f- for example, um, I I'm I'm previously married, uh, have five kids from that previous marriage, and now I'm married to a, a wonderful woman um, who who has never been married, um, has has never had kids. Um, and she's had some long-term experiences, but the, the point of me saying that is that coming into this experience of, um, somewhat being fearful of being married at the same time, being able to go to God with, with that, um, and, and just feel his, his, his guidance, um, it, 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 my experience made me 
a better person because I married in to Mormonism. I was born and raised in Mormonism, but I, I, I had left that, um, and then I married into it. Um, and the struggle of faith, because I, I never did not believe in God or Jesus Christ or the Bible, um, but some of those things, you know, of Mormonism, I absolutely did and and do. But I, I go into this marriage of this is who I am, and so um, to to your point, James, it's it's important, like you did with your kids. You know, it's you don't want them to see a different different person. You know, it's 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 who you are, and that's that's important. I I think. Yeah, and everyone does have that initial uh, molding and shaping of, of who they are and the perspective that they see life through. But when you when you come face to face with Jesus, he, he transforms you, and then you should have a new perspective. Yeah, I think it's Second Corinthians five seventeen that says, "Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come; the old has gone; the new is here." So that's another question for people when they step in Second uh, Corinthians five seventeen. When they step into relationship with Christ Jesus, realize your past does not define you anymore. It mm-hmm. has shaped the way that you see the world. Right. But you're getting reshaped and remolded and reformed in the image of Christ. Everything has become new mm-hmm. because now you have a truth that you can stand on. Now you have an eternal hope, and you know, in a sense, if you recognize the depth and the beauty of that statement that Jesus can redeem you and all things become new, why would you keep it to yourself? Why would you not engage the people around you? If you maybe a prayer to pray is it's the prayer of an evangelist is you look around and you see people driving down the street, walking down the sidewalk, going in and out of stores and you pray and you say, Lord God, give me your eyes for these people. Help me to see them the way you do. Hmm. I like that. If you do, I, I would I would hope and pray that you would then have a, a burning passion, not to, again, not to stand up and just scream out to everybody, uh, turn or burn, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But begin engaging. Don't hold back. Don't be afraid. And the other thing is uh, that I'm hoping about this podcast is you can see where I, I stammer or I stumble or I don't have a clear-cut answer in the moment. Mm-hmm. But I'm, I'm still trying. Yeah. You know, either, either you try or you sit back and you let it just pass you by. Mm-hmm. Opportunities. Um, I've referred to this verse a couple of times. It comes out of 1 Corinthians 3, 6. And the key point here is we are responsible. You aren't, you aren't redeemed in Christ Jesus simply for the fact alone that you're going to live eternally in the presence of God. That's, that's a great part of it. It is. But Jesus said, I've come that they may have abundant life. Now, right now, right in the here and now. It isn't like abundant life begins once you die, but that whole idea of everything becoming new, there's a burden of living for yourself. Nothing satisfies you. Mm-hmm. You chase, you pursue, you conquer, you obtain, you buy, you, you acquire, but it never fills you. No, ever. 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 Yeah. And if you just look at yourself, it's not, I mean, I don't know you personally, whoever's listening, I might know some of you, but that is the truth. If you could say, 
if you write into the show or write to me, james at, at watersprings.net, and tell me if you do not have Jesus, but you are completely content with everything you've acquired. If so, then you, you will not be acquiring anything else because you're already content, right? You're already mm-hmm. satisfied. You're already filled. Right. But that's what happens when you come into relationship with Jesus. You are filled. You are content. And you don't need anything else. And then you recognize your position in life with all the stuff you have. You are a steward of it. It's only yours for a little while. And the best, the best route to navigate your stuff is to share and give freely with others. Yes. Because you're already satisfied. You're already filled. Yeah. So this verse that I've, I've referenced a couple of times from 1 Corinthians 3, 6, uh, Paul is writing to the church in Corinth, and he's he, in this specific section, he's talking to the church and its leaders, and he's a little, it seems to be, he's a little frustrated with the immaturity uh, because they're jealous and they're quarreling amongst each other about, you know, I follow Paul, I follow Apollos. And he says, are you not mere human beings after all? What is Apollos? What is Paul? Only servants through whom you came to believe as the Lord has assigned to each his task. See, you don't have to be the closer. God is doing the work in the heart and mind of the person you're engaging with. Just be faithful in the moment to speak truth and love and to have integrity. So there's no surprise. You know, I was uh, in my undergrad work. I was a theater major at Fresno State. And... um, I didn't behave 100% on par the way a believer in Christ should. I had my faults. I had my slip-ups. But there was one time I learned there was a particular girl in the theater department. I learned that she was a Christian. And I was so surprised. I was like, what? What? She's a Christian? (laughs) Please don't ever get caught like that. Don't ever Mm -hmm. get caught, you know, where someone is is surprised by you explaining or, or claiming to be a believer in Christ Jesus. It should be a natural, oh, of course he is. Yeah, I can see it. Mm-hmm. Because of your love for others, your compassion, your your genuine nature, you know, no hypocrisy. Mm-hmm. Um, there's so much in scripture that tells you, to, you know, how to be equipped with that. But Paul goes on again in verse 6, 1 Corinthians 3, 6. I planted the seed, Apollos watered it, but God has been making it grow. So, you don't have to have the burden of responsibility on your shoulders to close the deal, to have them pray the sinner's prayer. The sinner's prayer isn't even in Scripture. It's just a a westernized articulation of principles and truths in Scripture that you need to admit that you're a sinner, you need to repent, you need to come to Jesus. But it's not a requirement for salvation. I mean, look at what Jesus said. I think it was to Zacchaeus when uh, Zacchaeus talked about how he was going to give back and, 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 you know, everything he's taken, you know, and Jesus said, today salvation's come to this house. Mm-hmm. His life changed. He repented and the actions showed that. And he didn't pray the sinner's prayer. He had, a, <laughs> he had the whole sinner's lifestyle change Yeah, because he met, he met Jesus mm-hmm. and his life was changed. And that's what we're to do. We're to, we're to introduce Jesus to others. Or maybe there's been other people who've planted the seed and it's been watered along the way. And mm-hmm. you're just another spot in the journey where you get to water it. And sometimes you get that blessing of being there when they make the decision. Right. That's awesome. And, and that, is, that is exactly right, James. It is, it is a huge blessing and it's a life-changing event, um, if you will. Um, I, I'm thinking of, of Mike, um, episode three of culture crux who, 
he he was searching. He he was seeking for truth. Yeah. Um, he had had it before. He was seeking it, and he had mentioned the next person that knocks on my door, that's where I'm going to go. Yep. And it happened to be a Jehovah's Witness. Um, Mike, as we all do, we all struggle in life. But he, so he went to Jehovah's Witness Kingdom Hall, and the whole thing with his wife, yeah, um, and happened. So one of the points of that is that because we follow Jesus does not mean our life is going to be perfect because we are in an earthly nature and we're going to experience those earthly things, unfortunately. But without Jesus, those things are a lot harder and more difficult to deal with. They are completely. Yeah. Yeah. Um. The other thing is, what is your purpose? And I'm not saying this in a derogatory way. I'm saying, what is your purpose in remaining silent? Is it fear? Is it all about the way you view yourself? You know, you just have self-doubt. I I don't have the ability to do this. Mm -hmm. I don't. Um, Paul goes on to talk uh, in that passage there in 1 Corinthians 3. He says, so neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but only God who makes things grow. The one who plants and the one who waters have one purpose, and they'll be rewarded according to their labor. For we are co-workers in God's service. You are God's field, God's building. Scripture talks about how Jesus is the chief cornerstone. And the cornerstone, I don't know if they use it anymore in construction with the way they frame stuff (laughs) and, you know, concrete slabs. Uh But a cornerstone, that would set the trajectory for the entire building. It didn't matter if it was one story or 15 stories or whatever. The cornerstone, that one perfect stone that was picked out, set the direction for the rest of the building, the rest of the structure. Mm -hmm. And... You and I, as believers in Christ Jesus, the chief cornerstone is Jesus. He is perfection. And we are being built up in him. He, he's the foundation. He's the cornerstone. And you have a purpose. And each of those moments where you come into contact with other people, don't let that moment pass you by. It says in Romans 14, 12, each of us will give an account of ourselves to God. There's a day that you will stand before God and he'll you have to give an account for every moment, every opportunity you've been given with other people. Absolutely. I mean, the, the greatest commandment Jesus said is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the second is to love your neighbor as yourself. And it goes right back to that idea. If you understand salvation and the beauty and, and the weight is lifted when you've been forgiven of every single sin you've ever committed— that's amazing, but where is your love for others if you're not sharing that? Again, it isn't, it isn't about going out and, and necessarily having to preach. Paul said in this passage, everyone has a purpose. Mm-hmm. Everyone has a skill set. Everyone has a, a unique way they're designed. And that design is not to just gratify ourselves. That design is to go out and spread that good news of Jesus and to engage others around them and to bring them into the kingdom. Yes. Very true. So... That's that's a, kind of a, a nutshell, you know. We could unpack and do a four-hour podcast if you <laughs> wanted could. to, but people would stop <laughs> yeah. listening after twenty minutes or so. 
But I just, I wanted to share that with you because that's my passion. That's my heart. I, I don't want to do this on my own. You know, I, I want every single one of you to be engaged with the people around you and don't be afraid. You know why? Okay, you should go back and read in the Old Testament about the beautiful temple that was created for God, for him to dwell in the Holy of Holies and, and for the sins to be forgiven, you know, by, by the blood sprinkled on the altar, on the mercy seat. And, and it was so ornate and it took artisans filled with the Holy Spirit to craft this according to God's design. But you, you, if you have Jesus in your heart, scripture says you are the temple of God. God now chooses to dwell in you. So every place you set foot, you're bringing the presence of God there. You're not God. You yourself are not the presence of God, but he chose to dwell in you. It's another beautiful aspect to that gift of salvation. The Holy of Holies is inside of you. Not by your works, not by your doing, but it's a free gift of God and it's offered to every person. And the most amazing thing is out of all creation, the expanse of the universe, the ecosystems he created, the, the different animal kingdoms of you know fish and birds and animals that are on the, on the land, none of those are made in the image of God. But you are. You're made in the image of God for a purpose, to draw others into relationship with him. I encourage you to be faithful in every conversation you have moving forward. And you know what? If you have questions about interactions you've had and you'd like for us to just, you know, I don't know, talk about it or, or address those, those interactions and uh, maybe give some feedback or something. We'd love to do that. I'd love to hear how you're engaging with others. And I'm sure Gary would too. And the other listeners probably would. Absolutely. So for now, I mean, you can just send that into james at watersprings.net. Um, but Hey, we love you guys. And that's, that's the main foundation behind this is we love you and we want you to live out your best life the way God designed it. We'll see you next time. Thank you.